A podcast network. This is a problem. All I want to do now is talk about Game of Thrones, but we have to record an actual episode about Game of Thrones. No, not real. <laughs> talk about our fucking kids or something. You're listening to Mormon and the Meth Head. If you put a Mormon and a Meth Head together, this is what they sound like. So read our friends, listen to them talking to Mike. It's funny that the only thing that uh, will make you be like, fine, I'll talk about Ethan is Game, Game of, of Thrones. Thrones. <laughs> fine. <laughs> Like, you know, no one's ever had to give me uh, an excuse to talk about Ethan before. I talk about Ethan the way you talk about dimension jumping. Just, <laughs> just if I work it in there somehow, God willing, I'll get it in there. But uh, <laughs> that's what he said. It's uh, uh, just right after the episode. I have a lot of thoughts. I have a lot of thoughts and uh, I need I need the outlet to discuss them. But... Uh, usually I, I'd still pick Ethan over Game of Thrones. It's just, it's a huge event. We've been waiting for years. Yeah. We finally had the showdown and uh, it, was, it was freaking rad. We ran out of time to uh, record both. Um, we are in Salt Lake City. She said with a question. <laughs> she looked around her like, surroundings <laughs> and was like, we are in a hotel room in... We were in Cedar City. We did a show in Cedar City with the kids there. Uh, oh, yeah, man. They even got on stage, which was hella cute and documented and then immediately lost. Oh, they came out. They did like a little halftime performance at the show. And uh, Jessa tried to record it. And what happened? I uh, I always grab Instagram and regret it, and so it recorded as far as it would record, and then when I took my finger off the button, it said recording too short, and it was just gone. The whole thing? Yep. Dang. Anyway, the Cedar City show was great. Uh, so many people turned out, and it was wonderful. A lot of people even drove a pretty uh, good clip to come see us, and we appreciate you. We appreciate Off the Cuff uh, Comedy Theater, too. It's a really, really cool theater. And uh, there aren't many shows, there aren't many venues that we perform at that we can bring our kids to. And right. Cedar City was one we picked because it was in between both of us and we could bring our kids to it. And uh, it was it was just like fun for them to get to hang out. And we were like, we'll just leave them in the green room uh, during the show. And they all have tablets and they can play quietly and uh, they'll be fine. And the green room is like the bathroom for the whole. <laughs> this is the only way to get to the, the, the one bathroom. So any member of the audience wants to go to the bathroom during the show. They have to get through our kids. And uh, so our kids were just like the cutest little bathroom attendants. And they said, none of you tipped them at all, <laughs> uh, which, okay, <laughs> Utah, am I right? I don't know. Uh, and then uh, we like did a little bit of our together performance thing in the beginning and then split up. I went backstage and I, well, like as it got closer to time for me to be on, I want to go through my rituals. My, I want to get into my performing headspace. Well, first, when you, know? you got off stage, they were wearing our shirts. Uh huh. They're just like gotten into our merch, and they're just wearing our t-shirts, <laughs> all more in the meth head shirts, like all gigantic on them. And they look adorable. Anyway, I do push-ups before shows a lot of the time. It's just uh, I'm not trying to flex on anybody. I feel so weird about it. It's like it, it's best when I have a, an, an, a space to myself and I can just do push-ups and I feel great. It's weird when uh, you're in a green room with other comics or there is no green room and you're just in the back of the showroom <laughs> and it's dark and the host uh, steps on you <laughs> and falls on top of you while you're doing push-ups. That's happened to me. <laughs> I've had so many embarrassing moments trying to do some push-ups, and it just everything. Everyone <laughs> thinks I'm we like, what the fuck's this guy doing? Here's my thought process: it uh, gets my blood pumping. 
That's the number one thing. I want to go on stage with energy. You know, like how uh, like boxers come out into the ring sweaty. Like yeah. they're already they've already worked up a sweat before you get out there uh, because you don't want to go out cold. That's my thought process with uh, performing. I don't want to. I want to come out on stage with energy. And a lot of times, I'm tired. Uh, I've driven all day. I'm just in a whatever. Like uh, um, my body doesn't feel good, and uh, ripping off some push-ups helps. It also, I think, gets my mind focused. Uh, it if I'm like upset or sad or anxious about other things, I can just do push-ups and think about nothing. And, uh, it gets me ready to perform. I like it. I like it. It also helps me fill out my t-shirt a little bit more, you know, I get a nice, Oh, very important. Uh, very important. Anyway, I'm just trying to do some push-ups before the show. And, uh, all the kids want to start doing push-ups for, for the show like they all start to do it with me and then they i'm trying to just listen to like music and stuff and they're they're trying to listen with me and it's just then then they decided we all need to do a group hug before we go out on stage oh my god they all just hugged my legs and then we walked out on stage and then i and then i was like i gotta smoke some weed and then we all smoked a little bit together (laughs) uh just passed the blunt around the bathroom and uh we all had a great time but we i walk them back out on stage and uh, they, we had prepared something while you were uh, on stage, like all three of them. Uh, Ethan knows some knock-knock jokes, so he right. wants to tell some knock-knock jokes. So tell me you can tell one, but then Lilith and Phoenix are like, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? And I was like, Phoenix, you should just tell them. I mean, sorry, Lilith, you should just tell them that you are Satan. And she, her eyes lit up and she was like, yeah, <laughs> I am Satan. And uh, then Phoenix was like, I don't know. I don't know what I want to do. But there uh, was one point where like, I'm trying to get into a zone. I'm trying to get ready and listen to my music, right? And Phoenix is like, no, listen to mine. And so I had felt like I spent 10 minutes waiting for her to play a song for me <laughs> where like, I had to share her headband headphones. Like I had to put my ear on her ear and wait for uh, an excruciating long 10 minutes. <laughs> But then she starts playing the song and it's a song that she had made. And I was like, Phoenix, this is what you should do on stage. You should play your song on stage for them. And she loved that idea. Her eyes lit up just like Lilith's and yeah. uh, they were all, they're all excited. So we all walk, I walk them out onto stage when you're done and they're all in their t-shirts and uh, we didn't plan any of this you didn't know exactly what was coming so uh, i don't know you tell the story of them being on stage and how it all went down uh well i just kind of saw them uh around your legs because we hadn't established whether or not we were bringing the kids out and so uh i asked if you had special guests and then they come out ethan does a knock knock joke phoenix takes forever to get that song loaded (laughs) We worked on it backstage. I was like, have it pulled up so that we don't do this exact same thing. And it's still. <laughs> she's, and then. Uh, but she got the song and it played. And she people- finally got the song, but she's like juggling the tablet and the headphones and trying to get the headphones over top of the mic. And so it was really clunky for uh, what felt like a long time. Uh-huh. And then as soon as it played, uh, Lily was like, I am Satan. And then just kind of mic drops and, and leaves. <laughs> and it was the perfect, the, 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 the perfect setup and punchline. Uh, it was so good. It was so good. Yeah. You had all that tension she grabs the mic. Yeah. All the tension had built yep. and people are like, I don't know what's happening anymore. And then Lily grabs the mic, says, uh, she is Satan and then leaves. And it was brilliant. It was a great, it was a great performance. A little Oleo act. I think I've, I've decided I'm going to mainstream them for a little bit. So they've been homeschooled their whole life and they've lived this kind of uh, life without rules because if you don't send your kids to school, they don't really have to have bedtimes or, or anything. I mean, they're like ahead, so it doesn't matter. But like, um, where are you saying you're going to send your kids to school? I think I'm going to send my kids to school. No way. Well, we live next door. I thought you door. were never going to do that. We live next door to a very nice school. Um, yeah, well, the thing is with me is I, uh, like I changed my personality <laughs> on a regular basis. So there are a lot of reasons that I am not loving the idea, but, uh, I dimension jumped recently and then, um, came, like had a, had a drastic shift in a lot of priorities. 
uh, almost immediately. So I don't know if it was that or what. But um, there used to be a ton of me that of reasons that I wouldn't even consider it, and suddenly I didn't have did, those reasons. Wait, did you? Are you saying you made this change after you did the cups thing? Yeah, I did the cups thing, and you, then so you just decided that they were going to send them to school. Yeah. All right. Uh, do you want to talk about the cups thing for a second? Can I talk about the cups? Cu- talk about the cups thing. If if I get to talk about Ethan, you get to talk about dimension jumping. Okay. This is our uh, a new rule, but I also think i'm gonna try the cups thing but okay. you've been you haven't told me about it yet uh, okay. so i want to hear firsthand so in january i can't believe we haven't done an episode on this yet but i felt i i did a, i've gone to paranormal karen and done all of my weird alien school stuff there but uh i went and did an episode with not really understanding reality transurfing too much but reality transurfing kind of gave an explanation for the moving sidewalks sensation that I had described where I felt like I could feel the timeline I was on and the trajectory of it. And then I felt like I got off of the timeline I was on and didn't like the trajectory. And so at the same time, my friend who told me about reality transurfing told me about a Reddit for dimensional jumping. And so I have been watching it, but like purposefully, I don't, until I understand something or have had the sensation myself, I don't like to read about things because I don't want to get an impression from something I don't understand. And I like all the stuff I've read recently about snow globes and attachment and commitment stuff. Like it's because I was experiencing those things and I want to, I want to understand what other people have gathered about it, but I don't want to learn about things. I don't want to read about things I don't understand yet. So, uh, I, I get that. I sort of, I mean, I, th- I liked, I, I do lots of reading about stuff I don't understand, but I think like that, uh, revolver movie if i had watched it before it had the experiences with the voice in my head yeah i, I wouldn't have uh gotten, gotten that, it, it yeah i've been like okay so like i do uh read about things i don't know about but when it comes to this kind of stuff like uh it was something that was already coming into focus for me so i've heard people say timelines dimensions whatever and it never meant anything to me because it wasn't how i experienced reality but then when there was a shift in how i was feeling like reality existed Uh, I started to get into this. But so I stayed in this dimension jumping Reddit and I would read people talk about their experiences, but I was purposefully not reading the explanation of how to do it or what the like principles were or whatever for a while. And then um, I kind of hit a point where a few months went by when I knew I was on the wrong trajectory. And uh, what, what felt like definite outcomes career-wise, uh, big-time career-wise, um, no longer felt definite. And uh, also, like, I love California, right? And from the time that I moved to California, I um, something that I do if I like something that I have is I wallow in gratitude. So where I think uh, um, people have a tendency to if they're sad or they miss something, they wallow in regret or whatever. I'm very careful never to do that because I don't want more shit to regret. But I, I, I just swim in gratitude of things that I like. I allow myself to just like be in that space and just like obsessively think about how much I like this thing that I have. And every time since I moved to California, I went outside I would just wallow in gratitude for living there. Just the way that everything looked and the sunshine and the, and the palm trees and the everything every single time I went outside. And from like January, uh, every time I tried to do that, it, it felt sad. Like I knew I wasn't going to get to stay. And it wasn't situational because your situation can change on a dime. So I don't really pay a lot of attention. I've had, I've had things pull out at the last minute of being like it, the ship is definitely going down and the last minute everything changes. So like, I don't pay a lot of attention to that. Plus everything was fine. Like financially, everything was fine in January. And then I did just have the sensation. Everything's about to fall apart and not like, afraid. I wasn't giving it any power. I wasn't like I was 
trying to make the moves necessary, but I just knew I was on the wrong, I was on the wrong path. I didn't know how I got there because I don't understand these moving sidewalks. And so I could just tell it was time last week. I knew it was time. And so I uh, finally read the method for dimension jumping. And the method is you get two glasses. On that Reddit? Did you, on mm-hmm. that subreddit you read yeah. about? Yeah. Well, I like Googled uh, two cup method. And this is actually right before I decided it was time to jump. It just was time to look into it. And so the two cup method is basically the principles between. Not to be confused with the two girl, one cup. Two method. girl, one cup. Yeah. It's um, very important. The, when that you joke Google. was made uh, a lot. In, in, the, in the subreddit? Yeah. Or. Just in like comments of like YouTube videos and stuff. It's like, well, what if you only have two, Uh, two? Yeah. So, all right. Wow. Thanks. Maybe uh, jump to a timeline where there's, um, (laughs) where there's punchlines to jokes. uh, (laughs) I was going to roast you and then did (laughs) it. All timelines exist. Everything exists. There is a variation. There's a million variations in reality transurfing. They're all bumping into each other. And there's this whole like science of figuring out when it, when a better one has crossed over and how to hop onto it, whatever. Dimension jumping seems to be a lot more simple. But um, there is no value judgments. You don't have to earn your way to a different one. It's just basically like steer steer to the lane you decide you want to be in it doesn't fucking matter and so that's why all of this programming has to change assuming all of this is real i don't want to have to give a hundred fucking uh if you're into this thing i'm into this thing right now so assuming this is real um a lot of the reason that we would all have to dump all this childhood trauma and religious programming and everything else to be able to do this is because you really have to get get away from this belief that you have to earn good shit because you don't. You can just pick it. Also, you have to process your past because you can't take your past. If you're looking back at something you lost back here, you don't get to go to a different timeline because you're fucking stuck on this one till you let it go, till you more, just let it go. So all of these things that we've learned and that the society at large seems to be learning like everyone I talk to is processing trauma I think it's because you can't hop you can't you can't consciously jump without letting this shit go and mourning it moving on and and accepting it and going so the two cup method is you got two glasses uh, one has water in it one doesn't the one that has water in it you write the trajectory you're currently on the thing you're currently on this unemployed okay and on the second glass you write the details of what you want. So same principles apply as uh, anything else. You wouldn't put things like uh, any, any, you would word it correctly, you know, like what? let's say you wanted to say uh, the current trajectory you're in love with your ex. You wouldn't put for the second one, no longer in love with my ex. You would put happily single you wouldn't reinforce the thing you're trying to get away from. Okay. So you, okay. you word it like that. Don't um, reinforce the thing you're trying so to So you get. wouldn't say out of debt. You would say financially independent. You wouldn't, the way that you word it okay. is important. All right. All right. You wouldn't want to take that with you. So debt, uh, in debt, uh, financially free, not debt free or whatever, you know, mention okay. debt. All right. So um, then you sit and think about what it feels like to be in the trajectory that you're in all the negative feelings that have come with it, uh, how you feel stuck, how you feel, whatever you really sit in that moment for a second. And then you take the water from that glass and you pour it into the glass that is labeled with the timeline you want to be on. Uh huh. And then you sit and think about what that will feel like. Just, uh, just feel yourself in that space so as if you put financially uh independent sit and feel yourself being able to get up off of this chair and go spend whatever money you want to spend and you know what whatever the thing is and then you drink that water and then you get rid of the labels and you put everything away and just know that you have gone there and so the cups aren't magic. It's the same thing as, as anything else. It's a, it's a ritual to point your brain into that space and then immediately forget it. Don't try to uh, 
do what you would do if that's the timeline you lived on. So what is a what is a financially independent person do right now? They work. They don't uh, go fuck around. You know, they get some work done. But no desperation, no forcing, no longing. No, just know that you're there. And um, I put four big things on there. I felt... You, on just... But you still just use two cups. You just write four things onto the cups. You don't. Yeah. Okay. Um, Two of the things are like soft and in the works. And so. uh, You don't want to jinx it. I don't want to jinx it. But. um, Is there anything you can share with the listeners? Any specifics? Or you don't want to leave it all? Financially independent. Uh, One of them was about my appearance, like my feelings about my appearance. I had uh, just kind of gotten into like a, like a low self-esteem loop. I, uh, that was one of them and that was immediately different. And I, uh, financially independent is, was one of them. And I had been trying to get someone on the phone to put something together for some work stuff for weeks and couldn't get them on the phone. And then within hours had them on the phone and they had an opportunity, which was something that I could uh, run with and definitely make money at. And I've just been working on that ever since. Someone else texted me the next morning, still less than 24 hours from when I did the cups and was like, uh, had another idea of something that feels a little more far out. And uh, But I felt different. I felt like a different version of myself. I felt um, freedom from a lot of like anxiety and stuff that I had had recently. I just felt firmly placed back on a timeline with a trajectory. And the second I went outside, I was just wallowing in gratitude with no impending doom. No, I believe I was on a trajectory where I was going to be back in Delaware by the end of summer and uh, is what it felt like. And, um, Things had started to fall apart as I knew they would when I knew they would. I like knew that that April, that March and April was going to be a big turning point. I just knew it and it had started to happen. And now it's like crumbling at my feet. Things that had been um, very solid for a long time are now crumbling at my feet, but they are like a foundation for me to... Uh, to move up. I hate that I'm being so vague, but <laughs> um, anyway, there, but there was a weird different set of values. It just felt like I started a new movie. And in this new movie, I was like, uh, we're going to play a more mainstream set of characters for a while. And uh, it just all made sense. And the kids were into it. And, um, it's really huh so i have to so all this you get the phone calls about work and stuff and then you're just like the kids are going to go to school yeah i um had been and they're excited about it yeah they're pretty into it i don't even know how to describe it i think it's a like an like an idea that i played with a little bit but then had so many no's for it that i uh, didn't play with it very much. And then all of a sudden it's like the entire path is clear for that to work. So I was like, oh, I don't want to take you out of school because uh, then you can't go up here for a couple weeks at a time and visit family. But then that doesn't look like that's going to work anyway. And oh, I can't take you to school because uh, you know, this, and it was just like all of a sudden all this path cleared. And I've had this happen a million times in my life because I've just switched movies a million times in my life. And that's just kind of how I live my life. But I've never consciously decided we're switching movies now like this. And then just had the whole thing feel different. Everything feels different. Everything looks different. And I have been trying to put my finger on this. It's been in my mind. That's what the OA. I'm trying to get everyone to watch the OA. Cause I'm like, I think we do this. I think we, switched i think we switch timelines all the time without knowing i think you make a decision and you accidentally switch a timeline i think you uh, uh follow a feeling i think you get stuck and get stuck on timelines and 
we had talked about um, thoughts of feeling like we got on the wrong we hopped yeah. off the timeline that we were on uh, the, the, the thing between uh, Jason and I, when we split up felt like being ripped off of a path that I had been on with someone for a long time. It was the only way I could describe it. Like for months, I felt like I was trying to get back on this path and every time I would step back on it, I would get knocked back off of it. It felt, and then that's when I got that in that one reading was like diverging paths. And I was like, what? <laughs> Mm. Uh, was something I think for a long time I was prepared for was like oh we probably won't be together forever but I had really like settled into a place where I was like I guess we're riding this thing to the end you know and uh, and then for it to just suddenly change and um, with no like slow descent into conflict or something that like like most marriages when they're wrapping up go into that and it was just this way today and tomorrow was another thing and there was no getting back to the old uh timeline which really helped bring timelines into focus for me and so now i'm like okay well we can just hop whenever we want like there's probably an entire skill set for popping in and out of timelines and um probably a ton of people that do it and so i'm excited to learn more about it and see how this plays out dang all right well before let's get back to our kids but before we do that uh let's jump to a dimension where we have advertisements <laughs> And we're back. So tell me more about the kids being excited about school. There's only been like a few days or so that you've to, uh, told them about this. Are they going to, they know they're going to start in the fall? Or I don't what? think they're necessary. I think Phoenix thinks it's not really going to happen because <laughs> um, when we first moved to LA, I think I had her like three grades ahead, mm -hmm. two and a half grades ahead. And then I let her take a long time off while we adjusted. And then, um, she just could never get her head back in the game quite the same way. So now she is one grade ahead and I we're just like slugging through fourth grade. And so I, um, I'm not even really pressing it. Cause I'm like, well, rather than me having to go through the work to try to push you into fifth grade where you're going to be She's with the older age kids, of a third grader right now, she should be finishing like if third you, grade yeah she's yeah, she's, just a, she's the age of a third grader yeah. jeez dude she she talks like a fifth grader she, she talks, talks like a she, grown she ass talks like woman way older yeah and phoenix is cool because you can just talk to her about like societal constructs versus uh what is um f just talk about free will and societal programming and she's obsessed with gender obsessed with gender and she's obsessed with like um religion she hates rules so i think they're you know i lily's like made for school i think she's gonna like it yeah she's fine but phoenix is just gonna be like wait you want to like like uh, she's gonna argue everything yeah i don't think well what's strange is because phoenix reminds me so much of you you ha you have an aquarius and i have a capricorn and it's uh very funny how to me, I feel like you're nine years old. You should have autonomy in every area possible. Like, I don't like to make her decisions for her. Because to me, when I was a kid, it felt like unjust that adults got to tell me what to do. Like, just let me make my own decisions about my bedtime and my food and everything else. Like, am I in prison? I try to run <laughs> away all the time when I was a little kid. And so I try to raise them like that, but it just stresses Phoenix out. I'm like, do you want to do this or this? And she's like, why are you asking me to make choices? <laughs> uh, yeah. I can Where? be stressful. I don't, yeah. Yeah, she doesn't like it. And if I didn't know you and hadn't spent a bunch of time with you, I'd be like, what is happening? But I'm like, oh, you would just rather me make the decision rather than us sitting here for, because also I move at the speed of light. So I'm like, what would you like? Tell me immediately. Yeah, it's hard. <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't know. You have to give me a, a few days to figure out what I would like to, to eat. <laughs> Where um, I, Ethan's then, very freedom oriented. Ethan, wa Ethan doesn't want to be told what to do. Well, I mean, sometimes he's good at it he's he's really okay but there's just there's little things that he just like just getting dressed he wants to wear what he wants to wear 
and he just doesn't. I can pick out a really cute outfit, and uh, he doesn't give a shit. He wants to uh, look like a hobo, (laughs) and uh, that's what he wants to wear. And I'm like, fine, man. But sometimes he puts together some some killer outfits that I'm like, what? That shouldn't work, but it does. You're a fashion icon. (laughs) Oh, my God. But, uh, yeah, and he gets to, like, pick what his hair looks like and uh, stuff. I mean, he wanted to grow his hair out when he was little. He wanted his hair to be long like mommy's, and so it did. And it was beautiful. And then he just got tired of it, wanted to cut it off. And we were both like, no, don't do it. And we finally let him cut it off, and he looks fantastic. And people keep telling me that he looks like me, and that makes me so happy. But, <clears throat> but yeah, he likes... I Maybe I've just gotten really good at parenting him that I don't... It's not a problem, but like he is very free will oriented, but like I still, I'm just smarter than him. So I have ways of making him do what yeah, I want him to, to do. You just have to make him phrase it the right way and you just bring it up at the right time. And then you can, you can, uh, he's a little bit more malleable the, than he, uh, seems at first. Uh, but I do think, yeah, he's, he's kind of, he wants to be the one calling the shots. The idea of an adult picking my outfits for me when I was a kid was just, like what <laughs> and, and, my, and my my mom wasn't very tuned in so i got to do most things for myself like she kind of raised me like that anyway and it was like uh horrified my dad that at two years old i would get up and i would get my own breakfast i could get my own cereal down and get the milk and i would spill everything everywhere but i made my own meals and i just did everything and my dad's like she's fucking too but in reality it was perfect for me because i don't want you to pick my food and I don't want you to pick my clothes. I'm a, you know, I just hated the idea of school and people being my boss. And I was constantly, uh, looking into how to get, what's that called? Um, what's that? Um, uh, emancipated. Uh-huh. You were, uh, I at three, get, you were like, <laughs> I was by like 12 was just fixated on how do I get uh, emancipated? And it's like dick. good grades and shit, which I couldn't do because I also couldn't do what the teachers told me to do. Uh, man, there were so many TV shows with like kick-ass characters that were emancipated. Yeah. <laughs> they lived in their own house and stuff and they were 16. You're like, that's fucking rad. Teen uh, marriage like is Michael. emancipation. So, uh, that was strategic. Even like school, even, uh, I think he likes he, he's good at it, but then he also doesn't want to go all the time, you know. Like he's just like a normal kid where he's when it's fun, he wants to see his friends and stuff. And he's he's smart. He he reads well and and can add numbers or whatever the fuck you do in kindergarten. But I don't I don't take it that seriously because it's kindergarten. And I got a letter uh, from his school that was about his attendance, how he's missed so many days and how this is really like this whole, this whole letter that like, you know, that I think they send out every time a kid misses this number of days and they talk about the importance of school. And it just incensed me. I was like, it's fucking half day kindergarten. Yeah. You You mean, so like, like they're like, he's missed this many days of school. I'm like, all right. So he's missed nine hours, nine hours yeah. of instructional time. Shut up. He's fine. Uh, this makes me want to send him to school less. Like, uh, I was like the, we're yeah. not going to school today just cause they sent this letter home, uh, which I'm only bringing up because, uh, looking at the clock, he is not going to school today. <laughs> uh, it's, it starts in 10 minutes. What's up uh <laughs> i hated that that's something i'm not looking forward to letters from school yeah because the older kids went to school and um we would take them on like multiple vacations every year and it's like i'm not my kids aren't going to miss a vacation so they can go to fucking school who gives a shit <laughs> every year uh they would start school the week before labor day which when i was a kid we started after of. labor day yes and that's the best week to go to the beach. And so they never went to their first week of school ever. So they would just like start <laughs> school missing five days because we're on fucking vacation. <laughs> I'm here to experience life. They're here to experience life. You can do your indoctrination and programming and fucking like I feel like school is just a way to teach people like how to do things they don't want to do for eight hours. So I'm never putting a ton of importance on it. And so they hate me. The schools hate me usually. And it's mutual. And um, I don't think the kids will stay in school. 
I feel like this is putting them in a closet so they can smoke a whole pack of cigarettes and learn their lesson. Uh, little bitches, you don't want to do your work. You wait a minute. You put the kids in the closet to smoke the pack of cigarettes. Is Did that, you ever? This is like a, a I thought you had Donald this, Duck cartoon does uh, that. Donald Duck does hasn't smoked since they were doing like really racist Japanese World War II cartoons. What are you? There Donald was a very Duck scary smoke? Donald Duck uh, cartoon. Where he makes some smoke. I don't know. Did I Where he makes that? some smoke? I think so. Where I'll have ma- to look that up. Yeah, well, I mean, I've heard of making your kids smoke a pack of cigarettes so they get sick and they don't like it. But I didn't know you'd do it in a closet. <laughs> like, we're in the garage with the car running. You smoke this pack of cigarettes and then you'll and then you'll learn. In the school conversation, we ended up finally having a, a divorce conversation. Oh. Um, and... Uh, you know, Jason and I have been split up. Oh, for, you just hit him, hit him with everything. All they once. asked. We've oh, been okay. split up for a year and a half, and um, he lives with his girlfriend, and uh, they know that uh, we're together, and um, but we just never addressed it. Like there was so much upheaval when we moved that I felt like sitting your kids down and telling them that you're splitting up is kind of creating a trauma point, right? And you're putting a ton of importance on it and you're making them, like you're letting them know that something's sad. But we had just moved out of our big house into my parents' house and then uh, uh, for like a month and a half and then moved across the country and then we were both out of town so much that then when he moved up to Portland to work, which is why he moved to Portland was for work and um, we just never said anything and I felt like that was the right move because they didn't they thought he was up there for work and then they never asked why his girlfriend lived there and they were happy and they were fine and he and I get along great and we work together well. So I just thought why add, why let them know that something has changed if they don't. And so now it's like a year and a half later and finally Phoenix says in that conversation. So like, uh, did you and daddy get divorced or are you just in like an open relationship? Which is, I think, funny because yeah, you're she's nine. so old. <laughs> you guys do one of those open relationship things? You guys poly? What's going on? And I said, uh, we are not together anymore and we haven't been together for a long time. And then Lily's, you know, Lily's like, in the conversation, you know? Yeah. Um, but I watched Phoenix kind of trying to decide if she was going to be sad. And, and then I just pointed out that like, we ha- haven't been together for a long time. And then look at all the cool, you get to have all these extra cool people in your life and these extra cool relationships. And really the only difference is that daddy and I don't sleep together because we're still great friends. We're great partners. You spend your holidays together with us. Um, you know, because I go up to Portland to do shows and stuff, and and that's where all the the dental stuff has been done. And I stay at his house, and we are uh, great friends. And so, um, she's sorry. She said, "Yeah, I just kind of wondered because like you have a boyfriend and he has a girlfriend, but I know that people do that too." And I'm like, "Yeah, well, we did that too, but um, sometimes." I didn't know they were covering, uh, there was like a, their YouTube channels dedicated to your parents' open relationship, understanding your parents' open relationships. I think Phoenix, I was like this when I was a kid. I was picking up everything. It didn't look like I was paying attention, but I was tuned into everything that the adults were talking about for a long time. Mm. So, but yeah, I think she does get a lot from the internet and it's fine. I'm fine with that. And she also is fascinated with like sexuality and human interaction and gender. Like she's really into a lot of these, like these things. And so I, I, I think it makes sense that she also is into the idea of like loving more than one person. And so I just told her love doesn't last forever. Um, you're going to meet somebody one day, you're going to fall in love and it's going to feel like it's going to be forever. But in 10 years, you're going to be a completely different person. And probably that person isn't like you've grown the most you can grow with that person. And then um, 
you're going to move on. And and then someone who's going to help you grow even more is going to come along because they're going to help you grow in a different direction. And it's fine. It's okay. And you don't have to hold on to it. You don't have to cling to it. Um, It might be sad. That person might be ready to move on before you're ready to move on. You might be the one that has to uh, move on and and leave that person behind. But in the end, just know that you're probably going to have a few people in your life that you're going to love. And daddy was the perfect person for me to have kids with and for me to have that life with. And then it was time for me to become a different kind of person and um, daddy to become a different type of person. And we weren't, we'd already grown the most we could grow together. And it's, it's really not sad. It's beautiful if you know that, that that's how life works. You know, people used to get married and stay married for the rest of their life because they didn't fucking do anything different. They just... They got married and then they became a 60-year-old version of that same person. They moved into one house, worked one job and did that. But that's not what reality is anymore. And so it's about growing and evolving and you need more than one influence for that. And uh, How'd she take that? She got it, man. The kid just absorbed shit like I'm talking to an adult. And she was just like, that makes perfect sense. And I thought... Because the first time I fell in love, I thought it was forever. You know, we still believed in forever. Plus, I was like a Christian and shit. I thought I would, uh, it's insane, but I thought I would spend the rest of my life with Dustin, you know? And I think, what if I had just been raised knowing that that's not how it works? Because it's not how it works. It's not how it fucking works for, it's the minority who marry people and stay together with them for their entire life or or marry their first love or whatever it just doesn't happen anymore and so i thought i wonder what it would be like to be as a little kid be raised knowing that and just to have that be your expectation i wonder what that does to your love like to just know that there is an evolution of love and it and it and it 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 is born and then it grows up and then it grows old and then it dies. And, um, but it's always so funny when you have these conversations with Phoenix and Lily, because Phoenix, I could have had this conversation when she was five and Phoenix would have gotten it because Phoenix has just been 40 since she she was in diapers. And then Lily is just always like, uh, poop. (laughs) (laughs) You guys talking about something serious. She was just like in the conversation the entire time. And then was just like, I left my Dave and Buster's blanket at daddy's. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. Not the D and B blanket. Uh, we, my, my, uh, little modern family, uh, went to, uh, Chili's (laughs) recently. (laughs) Um, and uh ethan had experience this is like the third time we've done something the three of us you know i you talked and about tabitha and yeah ethan. uh-huh we uh you know we went and saw a movie once or twice and then this but this was kind of like not planned kind of impromptu it was just a thing which she she said like something something came up she couldn't pick him up from school and wanted to know if i could pick him up from school and i said yeah and uh didn't uh ethan had been talking about seeing a move like doing a he calls it play date uh doing a play date uh with us and we were like let's just go to dinner and we didn't pick chilies okay we're not <laughs> i'm not like that divorced dad uh <laughs> i we wanted to go to cafe rio and ethan freaked the hell out and he, uh, suddenly he doesn't like quesadillas anymore so uh, we had to go across the parking lot to chilies right and uh it's fine it's fine ethan is weird ethan is was weird when we saw movies together too just the just not himself and i think that it's he's just nervous yeah he's, he's just not in nervous the yeah. and he's just like he's he's performing a, a lot he's trying to do he's doing weird things that he doesn't normally do and uh like you know hiding under the table try like he, he gets a little bit more infantile like the way that he plays yeah and i just figure this is all probably pretty normal and we just you know have polite conversation we don't really talk that much and uh it's just just whatever it's just dinner then it's time to go and he's uh he's a little 
uh, he wanted to. He thought he was going to get to spend time with me. Like when I picked him up from school, he was like, "Mom said that uh, you and me were going to have alone time." And I was like, "Oh well, uh, we're not. We're just going to dinner and and stuff." So like after dinner, he was like, "Are we going to Dad's house now?" And we were like, "No, we're not." Uh, you're just going home with mom, you know, and then tomorrow, uh, I pick you up from school and you'll be with me for a few days, you know, and he's a little bit, uh, he's also just a little bit cranky. Uh, he told me he had a late night that he, he did, he went to bed really, really late. And apparently it was because he was watching mama Mia <laughs> and loving it. He loved Mamma Mia. He said he loved all the songs and music and stuff. Uh, and so he's just a little bit cranky. And we put him in the in to Tabitha's car, and he's just doing this cutesy thing, where he's holding onto my arm and kind of talking in a little baby voice, uh, like he's been doing this for the last hour. And he's just like, "No, I want Daddy to come home with us. I want Daddy to come home with us." And we're just trying to be like really delicate with it, you know? Yeah. Uh, and I think we're both in a silent competition to be the most understanding and sensitive parent. <laughs> Which is not the worst competition to have with your ex. Yeah, yeah. That's not, that's pretty, that's an okay thing. But we're like being super, uh, like delicate with his feelings and stuff. We've been watching a lot of Steven Universe lately, uh, Ethan's new favorite show, and it is fucking rad children's yeah. television show. There's the, the messages that they teach kids, very, very cool. Uh, your Phoenix, would love it there are so many messages about gender and and personalities and stuff it's really really cool um and i had watched i'd watched some episode with ethan recently where uh they had um they were focusing on like freezing up because you felt guilty about something you had done like this this was oh wow yeah and that was the, the they sang a song about how uh it's okay to feel those feelings for a minute and then do something about those feelings rather than uh just letting yourself be devoured by them like the uh um uh the the girl it was like you know she had like done something mean to someone by accident and then was just feeling bad about it instead of just like going and talking to that person right anyway we we just watched an episode about feelings so we're so i think it was tabitha that was like hey are you having a feeling do you want to do you want to share this feeling right now? And uh, Ethan starts getting little tears welling up in his eyes, and he just starts wrapping his his whole body around my arm, which is like my arm is sticking in through the window of the car. He's in his car seat, and instead of letting me buckle him, he's wrapped his arms around my arm, and then he wraps his legs around my arm. So his whole mm-hmm. body's on my arm, and he just starts he starts uh, getting tears and saying, I just want daddy to come home with us. I just want daddy to come home with us. And I feel like I knew what, I think we both knew what was wrong. It was just that this was a... Uh, kind of whiplash for him to spend an hour together with us yeah. and not even like really enjoy it because he was spent the whole time being weird and now it's over and now he has to go back to this life where uh he has he doesn't have both parents all the time right. and he likes living in this uh recreation of his childhood where he has both of us together it means a lot to him and he just started crying and so uh I pulled him out of the car. I pulled him out of the car window with just my, <laughs> like he's wrapped in like a koala bear around a branch. And I just pull my arm out of the car and he comes with it. And uh, Tabitha gets out and uh, we tell him we're, we're a family. We're one family. We just live in two different houses, but you've got, you've got us both. And we're still, we're still your family. And then we say, how about a group hug? How about we hug you? And we like try to like, she's on one side, like I'm holding him. I'm a lot taller than her, obviously, but she's like trying to hug. Uh, we're all trying to hug him. And then he lets go of my neck with one hand and wraps that one around Tabitha's neck. So now he's got both of us in headlocks and he just started squeezing us so tight. I could feel his whole body shaking. He was using all of his strength to just squeeze us. And he just 
started screaming like it wasn't very long scream but it start it's like he's just shaking and then and then he just lets out this little just injured angry guttural scream <laughs> and it only lasts a few seconds and then it just like melts into tears and then he just got his body goes limp and he relaxes a little bit and it just it was it was powerful it was impactful uh, I think it, it kind of fucked me and Tabitha up for the rest of the day because we had then had to go home and like think about that. Yeah. But like you could feel him express this unexpressible, inexpressible, sorry, uh, feeling. Like, you know, you can't put words to it. We're like, do you, are you having a feeling? Do you want to share it? And he's uh, not Phoenix. He doesn't have the words or tools to uh, express uh, this thing that he doesn't understand that's going on. He doesn't he he doesn't know why he's sad. He can't even really remember he doesn't have that many memories of us together ever. Right. You know, we split up when he was three. He doesn't really remember it. The house that we lived in, he only re- he calls it uh daddy's uh house. And like he doesn't remember Tabitha ever being there. He remembers that he and I used to live there, but he doesn't remember Tabitha so like I don't think he understands why he feels this way but he just does and he yeah. just and we get and I was like I, I felt like we handled it like, like I was pretty proud of us as parents we gave him the space and the opportunity to try and express that feeling and he did it uh, he didn't do it with words but he did it and then we just like held him and he's he just like he's got tiny little sobs uh, you know which are half uh, Mama Mia induced, I believe. You know, yeah. like, he's had like, he's had a long day. He needs to go home, but uh, he's he's these little sobs and relaxing, and then uh, all this happening under like the Chili's to go uh, <laughs> sign. Like all uh, this is, it feels so it feels so cliche. I hate it. And then the uh, uh, guys, you, I hear these feet start. It's coming up behind us as we're holding our crying five-year-old and soothing him and being like, mommy and daddy still love you and it's okay and life's going to be all right. Someone comes up and I'm like, what is this? And it's I make eye contact with a homeless panhandler and he's like, hey, I, I don't mean to bother you fine folks to see you, but I just need... And I was like, it's not a great time, man. Right now, this, not the best. No, it's re- it's really not. And uh, and he was like, oh yeah, well of course I just and then I like I cut him. I was like, no, not. <laughs> and then he walked away, and uh, me and Tabitha laughed about that. Uh, dude, I get super. I I I live in a place with there's uh yeah that that apartment that we lived in as a family. It was like next to the homeless shelter, and uh, so I'm around uh, homeless people a lot, and I don't mind it, but I get like super protective when i get approached when when i have ethan and i feel like i get approached more when i have ethan i don't know if they think that's like uh like in front of your kids you won't be a dick to me like you'll give me you'll it's more it's easier to get something like parents want to set a good example for their kids or whatever but i am the opposite i i am much uh nicer and willing to give when i'm alone but when i have ethan like get the fuck out (laughs) i just turn on like that uh but uh anyway that was that was, i've got another story about ethan being in touch with his emotions but i think it's time for us to take another uh commercial break so let's go ahead and do that right now uh. so the other day um i needed ethan to get ready for school it was and it felt like a normal day and i was just ethan goes to school in the afternoon and it's just, oh, half day kindergarten is just, I fucking hate it. I hate it. it Especially because yeah. it's in another city. I have to drive to it. It's just, oh. And then on Fridays, they have half days. But they already have, they already have, so they have a quarter day of school on Friday. And you're sending me home letters because he missed that. Hour of school. Yeah, and also it's pop, they do popcorn on Friday. Like, oh, sorry, he missed popcorn Friday. <laughs> the 45 minutes of, of shapes. <laughs> Then recess, then popcorn, then snack time. It's just, it's just dumb. Anyway, uh, he needs to get ready for school, so I just take him into the room, and I'm like, "Time to get dressed, buddy. I need you to put on some clothes, and uh, you know, here are your, here are your choices, and uh, I'll be back." And like, I left the room and I went back to work. I think I was like editing a podcast on the the kitchen table, and I uh, just thought that he was taking his time, getting dressed, you know, playing in his room. I go back into the room 
and it is torn to pieces. Everything is everywhere. Everything is on the floor. All of his blankets, stuffed animals, pillows, toys are on the floor. All of my blankets and pillows are on the floor. Clothes are on the floor. Things have been knocked off of shelves onto the floor. Things have been knocked off of like all these little tables. Everything's on the floor. And he is completely naked, just on the bed, seething with rage. And I was like, yo, man, what's up? (laughs) I'm not even mad yet. I'm like, uh, I'm in a great mood. I'm doing another good job parenting. I'm like, hey, man, what's going on? And, uh, he's just, he's so upset. He's just, he's yelling at me about stuff. And then he starts saying, uh, like mean things about, uh, how he wants to be at his mommy's house. It doesn't, I don't want to be here with you right now. I want to be at my mom's house. And this is something that's come up. I think he says it a lot when he's at his mom's house, he says it and it just feels like it's meant to injure us. Uh, it feels like, cause like he doesn't want he just he is just like reacting like if he's not getting exactly what he wants right now he's just like well i can i can threaten to go yeah yeah, i can play this uh, against them or something to get what i want and so i want i wanted to talk to him about that and so he he took time it took a long time it took the whole rest of the morning for him to calm down but he eventually like cleaned up the room by himself like i was pretty i was like dude this is your mess and you have to clean it up and i'm not happy about it and he's just like freaking out and i'm like well you know the rules you make a mess you clean it up those have always been our rules this is your mess he's like this is too big of a mess to clean up i can't clean up this mess it's too big and uh, i just left and went back to the podcast and he eventually cleaned it up all by himself and we got dressed and got ready for school and on the drive to school i want to talk to him i want to get to my idea is like i want to get to this part where about mom and dad and not being together and uh pitting us against each other and stuff like that so i ask him like hey man uh what happened today like when when did you get upset and he said i had a feeling no i had a memory and then i had a feeling and then i was upset oh my goodness right and i was like whoa okay let's explore that and i was like what do you mean what was your memory and he was like i remember a kid at school and uh, he'll remain nameless i'm not gonna call out this kindergarten bully but uh this this kid at school said he was going to rip my umbrella he loves his fucking umbrella right yeah now. yeah he said he was gonna rip my umbrella in front of me and uh and like we talked about that for a second, but we went back because I wanted to know like exactly what happened and blah blah blah. And then he said, "I was like, so you had that memory?" And he was like, "Yeah." And uh, and then I had a feeling, and the feeling was I was mad, and I was really mad. And then uh, I tore apart the room, and uh, I was blown away by this emotional awareness and I praised him for it. I was like, Ethan, that's so important. Like people walk around their whole lives, not knowing why they're upset. And you just traced back why you got upset. So in my, what I think is I told him it's time to go to school. He remembers that there's a kid at school that he doesn't want to see. And that that causes him panic and he gets upset and he, and he uh, rips everything to shreds because of it. And, you know, also I probably shouldn't have let him stay up so late watching Mama Mia 2. Here we go again. (laughs) But it's just such a fun cast, you know. Uh but we talked about that the whole drive and like I just I couldn't get I couldn't praise him enough. I kept telling him how proud I was of him and then that made him really happy. And he like bragged to my to our roommate Ryan. <laughs> he was just like, Yeah, I uh, I cleaned up my whole room by myself. My dad's Aww. really proud of me. <laughs> I was like, Well, that's not what I said I was proud yeah. about, but <laughs> I am proud of that too. Anyway, I just thought that that was that we talk about stuff like that. Yeah, I'm just learning this stuff in adulthood about like figuring out what, where did I get upset at? Why did I behave this way? Oh, and Ethan is is six, and he's uh, got a great head start on that. And I just uh, I'm I so excited these, that I'm raising him okay. Yeah, these uh, Phoenix said Phoenix is very anxious. Been a very anxious kid her whole life extremely anxious toddler very very difficult toddler um and i didn't know that much about anxiety back then and so the other day 
we were at the park with you guys the other day and then you guys left and then Phoenix was telling me a story and she was like, and then I was um, freaking out because anxiety sucks. <laughs> and uh, I was like, what does that mean? She goes, I just get anxious. She said, I think I might be socially anxious. She said, I think when you put me in a room with a lot of people, I don't know. Um, it just feels like a lot of pressure and I feel like I'm afraid I'm going to say the wrong thing or do the wrong thing. And so it makes me nervous to be around a people, a lot of people I don't know. And I was like, well, I didn't figure that out about myself until I was 35. <laughs> I think it helps that adults are talking about it more yeah. like his kids listen to us, hear us. They, I'm sure that she's seen social anxiety mentioned uh, on a program or on a YouTube or on a, yeah. a, 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 a comment thread or whatever but like the fact that we're talking about it uh like my parents never talked about their feelings ever exactly and so uh, i think that the kids are getting equipped earlier with the vocabulary and the tools to talk about stuff and then you're not living your whole life through a projection because if you're living your whole life through projections you cannot easily jump dimensions wrap it all the way around oh man uh Thank you guys for listening. Thanks for coming to our shows and uh, check out our website to get to find out when we're coming near you. Uh, Pacific Northwest, Portland, Olympia. Please come to Olympia, Tacoma. Um, that's what's coming up in the next month. Awesome. And uh, we'll catch you guys next week on Mormon and the Meth Head. If you put a Mormon and a Meth Head together, this is what they sound like. Aaron Woodall and just a read our friends Listen to them talking to Mike Stop it, a podcast network.